how she get it. Made a couple racks, I never asked how she get it. for joining connect with christina and my dear friend nathan kollerman with new intention he is the founder and operator of this awesome company and he's gonna spend this wonderful afternoon with us say yeah. hi hey you i'm excited <laughs> for this first of all we have to shout out uh, our friend uh, nadim because th- that is how we met is yeah. at his birthday at uh, maple and ash so demo we love you love you bro Hold that uh, mic a little closer to you. Yeah. Do I have to redo everything? No. Oh, okay, no. cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we start, can you just uh, share something amazing about Demo? Demo is my moon brother. He is, you know, one of the closest and greatest friends, brother that I've always wanted, never really had. You know, he's a great mentor, brother, friend, just a really, really wise young man like that dude is stacked with knowledge like he'll he'll blow your mind and continues to <laughs> to learn like it's yeah. insane it's so, inspiring really nadim al hassan i hope i said that right yeah with i think you did bros i think you did <laughs> <laughs> okay nathan it's a little hard to say because i call you by your longer name like you're in trouble but the laguna name yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm excited to have you here because i know that you have this purpose that you play in our community and that you do make a difference and i i love that it's so specific so can you uh share with our viewers what it is that you do yes i can so i've been a health and wellness coach for the last let's say six seven years right and put until i got out of the military and, you know, I was always trying to help people out of pain, right, from a physical place mostly. And I went really far, right, with that. And I've helped a lot of people. And what I'm stepping into now and what I'm realizing, right, is that pain is not just physical, right? The mental and emotional aspects of our life are influencing us at a physical level that is, is so deep and so profound that it actually creates an opportunity for us to step into greater potential, of knowing ourselves, of discovering ourselves, of remembering why we're here and serving a greater purpose. And that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm doing now. And specifically helping men, right, heal through self-discovery, heal through embodiment of whatever that means to them without having to give them a structure or a guideline or a template of what it means to be successful or what it means to be healthy or what it means to be purposeful, right? And helping them and guiding them in the ways that I've found beneficial to help them on their path, right? And, you know, something that has been widely apparent for a really long time with me is addiction, right? Looking at addiction and looking at our patterns and understanding that, you know, the things that we do every single day become our addictions. The cell phone in your pocket is the addiction, right? The amount of time that you go to work is, is the addiction. But when we really look at addiction and we really look at our patterns and our behaviors and what we're doing on an everyday basis, we have to ask, what are we avoiding? What are we neglecting? What are we hiding from? Which ultimately is everything within, you know, to help men understand that, right, will enhance their ability to become fathers, will enhance their ability to be better brothers, to be better husbands, 
partners, boyfriends, whatever label that you want to associate to our roles and responsibilities that society has placed upon us. A boss, a friend, everything. You know, to help men in that capacity is really why I'm here, what I do. And it's, it's the work that even myself have needed, has, has needed my entire life. Is there an age group that you have to stay within or you're able to help anyone? I mean, I, I feel like every, you know, everyone needs help, but is there an age group? Yeah. I mean, I love working with youth, mm-hmm. right? But I've also, you know, participated in, in different organizations of, of all ages, right? So I've realized my audience and, and men who really resonate with me are typically 24 to 34 mm-hmm. age range, and I'm kind of like right in the middle there. And that's like your golden years, right? Yeah. That's like the prime. So yeah. So it's important to seek that help early. Right, and you know, that's a place in, in, in a lot of men's lives too where it's like, okay, around 24, right? You're getting out of college, you're in this job for, you know, two or three years, but you're realizing that it just feels like empty and dead. Right. Or you've kind of played along with society and you got married and you had a kid and you got a house and you got a dog and you have this white picket fence, but you're still unhappy. And you're empty. Right. You know, and finding that and helping men understand really what all that is there, you know, is really, really, really powerful, you know. Right. Well, and even on the medical side, too, just like, okay, so for women, you know, based on your age, like you start losing this or that or you have to like for myself I, I take B, B6 and B12 shots for energy but you know I want to get my hormones checked I think for for men it's obviously equally important but people aren't like looking at that right and I mean especially with men too I mean it's like it's the food that we eat right we live in America food. right Will will tell you it's the yeah, food. Yeah, Will will definitely tell you. Will our right? But you have to look at, like, where our food's coming from, where it's being distributed. How are these animals being treated? What are we putting into our bodies? What are we becoming, you know, as a product of not only our food but our environment, right? How are we treating our body? How are we moving our body, right? Our environmental factors, our work, everything influences our, our health, right? The, you know, EMFs, right, from our phones, from laptops and everything else, right? How many guys work with laptops on their laps and they're frying whatever future potential children they have, right? Oh my gosh, say that again. (laughs) Yeah, it's the laptop on people's laps. How many of your future children are you destroying from those EMFs, from that radiation coming off of that piece of equipment? That's crazy to think about. So are we taking these things into consideration? That's really what I'm saying here, Right. right? So how do we create more awareness? Right, around our bodies, around our minds, around our purpose, our work, whatever you want to associate that to. But how can we create a more enhanced awareness? And again, coming back into right that self-discovery of what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Right? Is this in alignment with me? Do I feel embodied or do I feel disconnected? Right? And and what is the effect of that disconnection? And what are the ramifications? What is working? What's not working? What doors are open? What doors are closed? So walk me through, um, you know, like a process of a client coming to you and saying, hey, maybe I'm, you know, he's 35 and he's saying, I don't, you know, I don't feel good anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm lethargic. I'm, you know, I don't have energy. I just, after work, I just want to do nothing. Right. Right. And so someone like that, well, like what's the first step that you take to start the process? 
Yeah, I mean, when somebody will come to me with that, right? Let's say we're working with a 33-year-old man, right? Fatigued, you know, lacking motivation, X, Y, and Z. And in his mind, right, it's like, okay, well, I, I want to see a health coach, right? And everybody kind of already assumes that like, oh, I'm going to go see a personal trainer, or I'm going to go see a health coach, and I'm going to go work out, right? But when we look at things, we have to really look at, okay, well, why are you really here, right? Are we really taking the time to discover that? Why? Are you lethargic? Why are you tired? Why are you unhappy? And let's figure out that, right? So we need to discover the why. And then once we understand that, then we can see, okay, well, are we actually looking at your pillars of life, right? Mentally, emotionally, environmentally, physically, right? Can we look at all these things spiritually, especially too, right? Do we feel as though there's a complete piece, right? Or are there pieces lacking? So how can we find more enjoyment, more fulfillment in all things rather than just one thing? Right. So let's let's understand why you're here. Let's understand what your intent is. Let's set the intention. Hence my brand name, new intention. Right. And then let's develop an individualized roadmap. Right. To your overall embodiment optimization. And most importantly, the remembrance of who you really are. Right. And and then it's a carefully curated and progressive plan. Right. It's very intuitive, but it has structure around it. Right. It's not a cookie cutter bodybuilding.com workout. It's not a diet that you're going to find in a cookbook and you're just going to try it for 60 days and you're going to fall off of it. Will will tell you all about that, too, <laughs> you know, because we can't just expect ourselves to fulfill what somebody else already did. Right. Because we are a completely different human being. Right. That 33 year old man. Right has a different humerus than I do, a different femur than I do, a different spine than I do, a different stomach than I do, a different brain than I do. So why do I feel like what I'm going to do for this man, I can do for somebody else over here, or I'm going to pass down something I've already done. doesn't make sense. You know, we should be developing that individualized roadmap to help people not only heal, but optimize every area of their life. And then taking an approach that you know, identifies what self-limiting beliefs we have. What are the deep-rooted subconscious blocks? What was that childhood development like? What did you actually experience that formed your view of, the, of yourself in the world, right? And where did you believe that you had to do this every single day and push yourself to the brink of burnout every day, every week, because someone told you that you have to do this or you're not going to be successful. And if you're not successful, you're not going to be happy. If you don't have that car, if you don't have that house, if you don't have that watch, if you don't have those shoes, you're not good enough. So how do we find a way to, let's say, if you are going to do that, right? What needs to be done and how do you need to take care of yourself in order to do that every single day? Because chances are you're doing that every fucking day and you're not taking care of yourself. You're not putting yourself first. You're putting all your roles and responsibilities and your duty and your titles and your paycheck before your health, before your wellness, before your mind and before your body. Do you find that when people like reach out to you to try to start this process, do you, are they, I mean, obviously they came to you, but like at some point, do, are they uh, like stubborn or are they all the way in usually and ready to like make these changes? Yeah. I mean, that's why I have people apply to work with me, you know? I only want to work with the people who are ready to, ready to change. You know, we were just having a conversation before we started recording this that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. And if somebody is stubborn and stuck in their own ways, I can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. You know, but people do want help. Mm -hmm. Some people do want help. They just don't know where to go. And so when they go to you, that process is like how long? 
from the time you figure out their why and then like the first step to whatever it is that you mm-hmm. you know set for because you said it's individual which right. I, I that i think that's key yeah and it's not as linear as people think you know i work in three-month commitments but i tell them straight from the get-go this could be three months this could be three years right we cannot put a linear construct around our healing, around our health, around our happiness. We can't measure that. We can't put an expectation. Can we set goals? Yeah, we can. But let's be more attached to the process rather than the result that we're seeking. Mm -hmm. Let's actually feel through this and intuitively understand what it is we're doing with every step that we take rather than the entirety as a whole. So there is no linear pathway. There is no set amount of time, right? That intake could be 15 minutes. That intake could be three hours, right? I like that that that's actually an option with you because that's rare, you know? And I feel like for you to actually help people out, you need that. Right. So, and then like when when they begin the process with you, like I was saying, um, how soon do you, when people are committed, like, how soon do you see the change? Almost immediately. I mean, I have been very fortunate to experience a lot of the healings that I have. I've been very blessed to be presented a path that has, you know, given me the ability to, to harness these tools, mm-hmm. right? To have very powerful tools. Most tools that I don't speak about very publicly, right? But really helping people understand at the, at the deepest level of their subconscious mind, right? Why it is, why, why it is the way it is, right? Why they are the way they are, right? And how to actually immediately have an understanding to make actionable changes from that first session. You know, even just creating a sense of understanding and awareness around, hey, this is what's happening. That's a huge step because most people don't even get there. Most people follow the unconscious path every single day. They wake up at the same time, they put on the same clothes, they get in the same car, they drive the same route, they go to the same job, they come home, eat the same meal, they go to bed and sleep the same, right? And a lot of the times that's just clockwork. Mm -hmm. But at what point do we interrupt the clock? At what point do we choose to take a different path to work? At what point do we decide to eat something differently or work out differently or even read something different? You know, something that exposes that a little bit So when you see these changes like... um is it, is it like with the, their behavior, their attitude immediately, and then some physicality? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first thing that we see is just a, a broader sense of awareness, right? Whether that's awareness of their environment or awareness of their bodies, right? I'm, I'm huge in the physical piece. That's one of the first things I work with is that physical vessel, is the somatic aspect of ourselves and understanding that these things that we're feeling or the things that we're not feeling are the greatest indicators that we have that actually point us towards where we are misaligned, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's developing that awareness and that understanding around why do I feel the way that I do? Why do I do the things that I do, right? And that is actually what creates the most fundamental shift because now they're empowered, right? I'm so not now coming... they don't show up on their own right. wanting to be there. Exactly. And they're making the decisions every single day that they're not there with me, mm-hmm. right? Because how many people go to a chiropractor or a massage therapist every time they're in pain? And how many people go once or twice a week? How many people have it set in their schedules or recurring payments? You know, but at what point do we stop relying on other people so that we feel better? When do we take action? When do we, you know, feel more empowered rather than form dependencies on all these things outside of us, right? Because 
to me, right? The cell phone is more addicting than heroin. I've been there, right? And I used to use heroin to make me feel good. I go to that phone every time I want to avoid what's happening in my life right now to go scroll through Instagram and see what other people are doing and, you know, because their life is more important than mine at that point, right? And this person has magical healing powers that I can never have. But is that actually true? No. Right. No, it's not. I mean, we talked about this all the time, or we talk about it all the time. It's like you see so much flawed stuff, you know, on the Internet. <laughs> you just have to, you have to know that, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, obviously, we, we never want anyone to compare themselves to the Internet anyway. Right. But I think will you and Nadim offer so much to the community in the sense of, like, not just, like, empowering people to want to become better people, but, like, just making them more um, emotionally intelligent, you know, uh, all the way around, and just intelligent everywhere. I mean, even, like, with physicality. So, you know, I train at my house mm-hmm. because, well, I'm not consistent, and I found that having him come to me helps me. Right. Um, but even, like, the the stretching that we do... First of all, he had taught me that, like, when I wake up, instead of coffee, drink water. So mm-hmm. I haven't had coffee, like, six months. Nice. You know? And then, but I was saying with the stretching that we do, like, it's so basic, some of it. And then you think about it, and you're like, wait, you don't move your body like this ever unless you do it. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's why I'm like, you know, if, if we could send the message out to everyone, even if you're just at your desk to do certain mm-hmm. things, you know, because I see you push helpful videos all the time. Yeah. You know, um, I want to ask you, Nathan, how do you wake up and what, what does your day look like? I mean, you know, you see a lot of books out there, right, where it's like, oh, this is your million dollar morning or these are, you know, the everyday habits of a successful entrepreneur. And I don't vibe with that at all. Like every morning I wake up and I ask myself, what do I need today? What do I need today to feel good? Right? How do I preserve my peace? Right? What do I feel in my body that needs to be moved? What do I feel is lacking from my mind that I want more information? Right? What is lacking in my body nutritionally? Right? Because, yeah, there's water and lemon and, you know, Celtic sea salt every morning that I'll do, you know. But I think the greater question is, what do I need for this day, right? And how do I make this the best day, right? How do I find success in this day? And what is my definition of success today, right? Maybe my definition of success today is I read a book. Maybe my definition of success is I'm going to make $2,000 today. It's, it's never linear for me, you know, because mm-hmm. I am such a watery person. I'm a watery being, so I just want to flow. <laughs> I don't, you know, and the structure thing, it, it used to work for me for a really long time, but I realized that only worked because it placed restrictions on me. But when I started leaving myself open to all possibilities and all things, that's when things started really shifting for me and I started feeling better. When did you find that out for yourself and how? It was after my hand injury in 2017, which was pretty much the catalyst of like my healing journey, you know? And, you know, I woke up with suicidal thoughts. I woke up feeling just like, not purposeful at all because I was a bodybuilder, powerlifter at the time. And I had the same routine, the same meal schedule, the same workouts, everything. It was ingrained, 
right? And even before that in the military, everything was structured and ingrained. And when I had nothing to do, when I had no ability to write or even be able to pick up a weight, I don't know. So I had to start asking myself, what do I need to feel good today so that I can stay alive? Wow. That's huge. Right. And I think, too, it's important to ask someone like you how to handle bad days. Mm-hmm. So how do you, we're humans. We all have bad days. So how do you handle your bad days? Yeah. I mean, I had a bad day yesterday. <laughs> and I just honored what I needed. If I needed to cry, I fucking cried. If I needed to release some anger in a safe and an effective way, if I want to bash my hands into a mattress and take a baseball bat and beat the living shit out of that spring, out of that spring mattress, whatever the hell, right? I'm going to do that. I'm going to honor whatever it is I need. And I'm not going to chase or do anything that's going to avoid me feeling any type of way, right? The only way to heal it is to feel it. And so if, lean into it regardless. Right. So if you're having a bad day, acknowledgement, right? That's the first step. Acknowledgement. I'm feeling this way. And I'm feeling this way because, and even if you don't know, that's still okay. But just acknowledge that feeling, right? And it doesn't mean that because you're having a a, a bad day, right? Which I consider more a bad moment, right? Bad only because I'm judging it, only because I'm determining it as being bad, rather than just acknowledging it for what it is, immediately removes and revokes the bad associated. And even a bad day, it's not a bad life. Right. It goes away. Right. And and we all have them. We all have hard days. I think, too, something that I should mention is that it's so important, I think, for people to acknowledge. For women, there are, I mean, when you're on your period and your Mm -hmm. hormones are going crazy, like, that's so real. Mm -hmm. Like, you yourself feel crazy. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm on someone else's period. Yeah. TMI. But it's real. (laughs) And I think, like, it you have to understand, like, we're not ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, we're all a little bit crazy, let's be honest. <laughs> like, I tell people all the time, like, I'm a psychopath. But not in, like, the weird, like, way that people think on, like, serial killer stuff. Yeah. It's like, I have some fucking sinister thoughts, right? I don't do lines. I love that you're honest, but yeah. I swear to God, it's just, you know, we're all in sharing this whole big world, and we mm-hmm. all go through it. And I really get upset when, you know, there's one, there's a, a, a thing of, of course, you're going to be a positive person, but to not be realistic about your what you're feeling or mm-hmm. being, you know, your your current situation, I think that you're just doing yourself a, de, you know, disservice. Yeah, and I mean, it even goes back to as far back as we can remember. Like, who told us it wasn't okay to cry? Who told us to stop crying? Right? Was it mom? Was it dad? Was it the babysitter? Was it our teacher? Was it our sensei? Right? Which was my case. <laughs> right? And and. What did we actually believe? When did we believe that it wasn't okay to feel something? When it wasn't okay to think something? And why must we shame ourselves constantly for doing that? Because that was based off of somebody else's belief mm-hmm. on how they think we should show up rather than just us being our fucking self. Right. And, and I think, too, you know, the people that seek for your help, that want to feel alive again, that want to be happy again in their own lives, in their marriages, in their friendships, it, you first need to recognize that you need help. Yeah. And with you, know, with you though, share a story of like, I mean, obviously we'll leave names out, but like mm-hmm. share a story where maybe 
uh, a journey of someone that you did help and you know because I bet you there's other people out there going through it right now yeah a lot of people are prideful they don't want to admit that they <laughs> helped, so. or sometimes people don't want to burden other people right but. Yeah, I mean, even one of my more recent clients, you know, he was in a place where, you know, he just didn't have much, right? He was successful and he had the job and he had the money. He has the looks, the accent, all this stuff, right? <laughs> and, you know, he just kept finding himself in these relationships. He kept finding himself abandoning himself. He kept finding himself people-pleasing. He kept finding himself doing everything for everyone else but himself, Right. And mind you, when we started working together, he was about, we were about maybe six, six months away from him being a father, you know, and him not being able to even see that child, you know, him being separated by the ocean, nonetheless, right? Because it was an international relationship that they had and she had went home and he was alone. Oh, wow. Right. And having to battle these things and, you know, specifically he came to me for codependency. Right. And that's where a lot of codependency shows up and people pleasing, abandoning of self. Right. Because there's always one side that's trying to latch on and the other side that's enabling it. Right. And he was the enabler. Right. Every single time. And he wanted to break that pattern. Right. Mm -hmm. And now. Right. He's a dad. Now he's actually able to put in place boundaries, right? To say no, to not feed into her games that she wants to play because she's still reaching and still reaching and still reaching and she just wants him to grab that hook so she can reel him in. But he's saying no, right? And even just the awareness he has and the happiness and the confidence that he has now because he's not going into those patterns. He's not feeding into those games. He's not allowing anything outside of him to pull him away from his truth or his purpose or his meaning of life. And that's amazing because that is allowing him to show up now more fully for that child, regardless if it's separated by the ocean, because that's energetic. That, that bond is never broken, ever. And that's something he gets to take full, with him for life. That's awesome. Um, talk to us a little bit more about the codependency and like the traits of it. <laughs> I know you went over some of it, but like more. Yeah. I mean, when we really look at codependency, I think there's, I mean, look at societally, culturally, psychologically, there's a lot of emphasis and there's a lot of, you know, labeling that kind of goes into that, you know, but when we look, really look at codependency, right, it's like we are relying on someone else to fulfill one of our needs, no matter what it is. And a lot of the times we're just seeking that unmet need from childhood. So if we were never cared for by our parents, right? we have now placed that responsibility onto that person who we're with, right? If we had to be self-sustaining always, our parents weren't there and we had to cling on to this idea of individualization, of the identity that I must be my own superhero, right? Then that's gonna lead into more avoidant patterns, right? It's gonna be with somebody, but then it's like, oh, I can't actually experience deep intimacy, right? And that is actually a form of codependency. It's the other side of it, right? Because it all comes down to different attachment styles, right? Within that realm. And I think that if we were to focus more on what is our attachment style, right? And it's a theory, of course, right? But how does that show up? And how do I actually behave when that need isn't met, right? Then we can actually heal codependency. New intention is not just a physical aspect. You're mm -hmm. doing everything else. Right. I mean, it's, it's wellness, mm -hmm. right? And we can't just say that wellness happens in the gym, right? Wellness is our mental health. It's our emotional health. It's our environmental health. 
It's, it's everything, our occupational health, right? It all comes down to where are we misaligned and where do we want to be? And remind us, you know, that you're perfect, if you will, you're perfect client that you want to welcome to your program and, and get the help they need. Right. What does that look like? I want to work with men and I want to work with men who are desiring to be more. Right. But not only that, I want to work with men who feel misaligned. They feel like they're lacking purpose. They feel like they are going out to the bar every single night and drinking their pain away and they have no idea why. Or they're picking up a needle and they're putting it in their body. Or even they're pick, maybe picking up a joint every day, like clockwork, because that's their only way to cope. And I want to help men to that capacity, right? whatever that looks like. And, of course, we'll put your information up, but where are you training out right now? Yes, so I'm uh, still doing a lot of physical work, personal training, a lot of pain management stuff, and I'm out of Five Star Fitness in Scottsdale. Shout out, Jay Dang. My guy. <laughs> and before we close out the show, in general, do you have any advice for anyone listening on just, you know, how to live a better life? Mm. Girl or boy? Men or, men or women? Yeah, I mean, this is just something I'm going through right now. You know, it's just be gentle with yourself. You know, I mean, we put so much pressure on who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to show up and how much money we're supposed to make. But, like, you're exactly where you need to fucking be right now. And if you can be a little bit more gentle with yourself, then it makes that process a lot easier. I like that. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you for being here today at Connect with Christina, a.k.a. The Clock Clock. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>